This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. It is spring game week for the Miami Hurricanes football program. They have two more practices here on Tuesday and Thursday, and then they wrap up their month of off-season football on Friday night with the annual spring game. That game is at Dry Pink Stadium in uh, Fort Lauderdale. That's where Inter-Miami soccer team plays their matches. Uh, It's where Miami held their spring game last year. So uh, fun little venue change for the spring game. And again, 7.30 p.m. I I believe it's going to be televised on the ACC Network Extra, um, which I think is just a digital platform. You can fire it up through the ESPN app, etc. So we'll get into a little bit of our Big picture spring thoughts and what we're hoping to see from the spring game in general here in the second half of the podcast. Uh, But in the first half of the podcast, Gabby, as you know, recruiting never stops for the Miami Hurricanes under the Mario Cristobal era. And there is plenty to dive into here from the weekend. So let's jump into it. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at TorresLionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com place I want to start, Gabby, is the Division II wide receiver that took a visit late last week, Jaquay Jackson, um, guy that generated over a 1,000 yards at the Division II level, 
runs a reported 4-4 in the 40, would definitely come in and challenge for a starting job at UM uh, this year. One year of eligibility left. So it is a match that kind of makes sense on both sides. But I'm curious, Gabby, what are you hearing about Mr. Jackson coming out of this visit? Yeah, David, I mean, just kind of checking in here on on Monday morning and even over the weekend, uh, it does feel like Miami, I mean, Miami seems to feel really good about how it went that weekend. Uh, seems like, he, you know, he's gone to Rutgers uh, for an official visit. I believe he's been at West Virginia for an official visit. And I think coming into the visit, it felt like Pitt was uh, maybe the school that they were that Miami was maybe concerned about the most. Uh, I, I think Miami's in a really good spot here. I mean, just everything that I've been able to gather from it, it seemed like the the weekend was a hit. Um, you know, I, I heard that uh, Jaquay Jackson was chatting it up with KJ Osborne, who's, of course, a guy who transferred in to Miami, uh, you know, at one point of his career and ended up having a really good uh, stop in Coral Gables. And then obviously has went on to have a very successful NFL career with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I know that they were able to connect. I, you know, we saw him out there on Green Tree, David. And uh, he was talking with Alonzo Highsmith while we were out, while, out at that Thursday practice during the first day of that visit. And again, I think just everything else about the city uh, checked off a lot of boxes for uh, Jaquay Jackson and, uh, you know, the people around him who were with him. So uh, no decision has come yet. He hasn't set up an, a, a commitment date or anything along those lines. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who else he maybe sees. Uh, I guess he technically has two more visits to use. But I do believe that, uh, again, there is some confidence in, in you know, Miami circles that, uh, you know, they could eventually be the spot for him. All right, we will see if they closed. Again, Miami's got to figure it out at the outside receiver spots. You got to throw numbers at it, bodies at it, and, uh, you know, find solutions that way. I think he could be a part of that solution in some way. Um, there was also some big-time high school visitors here coming in Thursday through Saturday, Gabby. And let's start here by discussing the biggest recruit in South Florida, one of the biggest recruits in the country, that is Mr. Jeremiah Smith, the wide receiver out of Chaminade Madonna Prep in Hollywood, Florida. Five-star recruit, committed to Ohio State. Gabby, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you report he visited two days, Friday yeah. and Saturday? Yeah, Friday and Saturday. He spent he spent time, uh, a part of both days on Miami's campus, which is a, a really, really big deal. Um, you know, again, he is... South Florida's top recruit. He's arguably the nation's top recruit. Uh, he's number two in the country for us at 24-7 Sports behind only Dylan Raiola, who's, of course, a quarterback. So the premium at that position. But Jeremiah Smith, again, arguably the most talented non-quarterback in the country. Uh, Miami, again, he, he's from Dade County, playing at Chaminade Madonna. Uh, right there on the Dade, the Dade Broward, uh, you know, county line, basically, uh, you know, this is this is someone that Miami feels like they absolutely must have in this in this 2024 class. Of course, like you said, David committed to Ohio State uh, a long way to go there. He's kind of being open about his process. I mean, he's openly visited visited Florida State a couple times. He's openly visited Florida a couple times. Uh, now he was again publicly at Miami. Uh, maybe the duration wasn't super public, but it was both Friday and Saturday. Uh, but like he, he is doing his due diligence and, uh, I mean, again, committed to, I mean, Ohio state's machine right now, especially at wide receiver, Brian Hartline, uh, the Ohio state, uh, alum and former Miami dolphin, uh, doing an excellent job of just stacking talent at wide receiver. But look, I mean, Brian Hartline got offensive coordinator buzz last year. 
uh, you would you have to think that maybe he's going to get some here in the offseason. So if, if Jeremiah Smith, you know, doing his again, doing his part, you know, doing his homework in case something happens or changes in Columbus, uh, you know, again, I think that might be Miami's best shot at potentially flipping him. Otherwise, uh, really, again, David, kind of like I reported, there's kind of like a chip away mentality, you know, just kind of keep keep staying involved in that recruitment, try to get him on campus as often as you can. Uh, you know, win some games in the fall. I think they feel like winning ha- will ha- will go obviously a very very long way towards uh, you know it get really just giving themselves a chance at all to to flip and really there's no there's no guarantee but winning you know again showing that improvement on the field I think would help drastically if they again if there's any shot at all to uh, pull him away from from the Buckeyes who is you know basically a first round uh, machine for those wide receivers so easy to see why some of those guys want to go up there. Yeah, results on the field are going to matter here. Results of the offense are also going to matter. You got to show nice improvement on that side of the ball to get a guy like Jeremiah Smith for him to believe in the trajectory of things. I also think, Gabby, it's also important just in this Jeremiah Smith recruitment in particular, in any high-level wide receiver target, I guess, too, they got to they gotta sell the quarterback situation of the future. And to me, that means like if I'm Miami, I'm kind of I'm doing my best to hype up Jakari Brown as a quarterback with special traits, because let's say hypothetically, Jeremiah Smith comes to Miami, most likely as things stand right now, Jakari Brown will be his quarterback. And, you know, I do think from everything I'm hearing, Jakari is showing some nice progress here in the second half of the spring. Still a ways to go, but he is definitely showing signs of development and improvement here. And if Jeremiah Smith was out at Saturday's practice, my understanding is Jakari had a solid showing on Saturday. Jeremiah Smith would have been there to see it. I think that's a good thing. If I'm Jakari, I try and establish a little bit of a relationship there with Jeremiah Smith because that relationship would be mutual beneficial. I think Miami should try and hype him up too, uh, hype Jakari up to Jeremiah. Um, because if it all comes together for Jakari, he is going to be a freak quarterback. There's a ways to go there, but the traits are there to be special for Jakari. And so I, you know, all these big time wide receivers care about who their quarterback is going to be. And Aaron Nolan committed to Ohio State. There's definitely a connection there. With the South Florida Express, uh, Aaron Nolan has been their quarterback here some this offseason. Jeremiah Smith, of course, plays for the South Florida Express. So Miami has to kind of counter that, I think, by hyping up a guy already on campus that does have special traits, kind of an alpha dog personality, too. Um, And that's just my thoughts. I'm kind of ranting here. I don't know. Is that crazy? No, it actually makes a lot of sense. And not, it wasn't, that wasn't necessarily an angle that I've really considered, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, that is the way to go. Cause it's true. I mean, unless they bring in a transfer or something like that, we don't know how exactly the 2024 yeah, quarterback. Happen. Yeah. You know, we don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but again, as things stand right now, Jakari Brown is going to be Jeremiah Smith's quarterback, uh, you know, potentially, you know, three years could be, I guess, two years, you know, so I, I do think it would be wise for them to to connect the two. And I'm curious if they have, that's something I might dig in on a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they have, but like this summer, if I'm Jakari, why not shoot a DM at Jeremiah? Hey, let's go throw. Yeah. Let's go throw. Like that. Da, da, right. da, da, da. Attention business owners. 
I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices, ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. Next guy I want to talk about here that visited uh, Xavier Mincy, six foot three, 190 pound defensive back out of Daytona Beach, Mainland. Really big, long, physical defensive back, number 88 overall player in the country. Gabby, I think you've said in the past that, like, you feel like Miami likes him as a corner. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I, I kind of do. Um, I kind of do. I didn't like ask him directly, but I mean, I know just kind of going back even to February, you know, even having some of those, like, I think maybe it was even late January, early February. I mean, Xavier Mincy, someone that they have written down on the board as a cornerback. I think at that Under Armour Orlando camp, David, I think he worked out as a cornerback too. Yeah. And, you know, listed what he as plays a in high school. Yeah. So. I mean, he, he's listed as a safety and it's very, very easy to see why. I mean, he's, you know, he, I don't think he's big like James Williams, but you know, like if there were like, he's a similar, you know, kind of, you know, again, just obviously a bigger dude. I mean, there's not a lot of corners that are out there that look like that or look quite like that, but yeah, I think Miami likes him as a corner. I mean, when we, when he was coming off that visit on Saturday, he was talking about how he spent a lot of time with Jamal Dye and uh, Demarcus Van Dyke, who, you know, really are running the cornerback room. Lance Gidry, we've seen kind of coaches of safeties. Jamal dies with the corners, even though he has a title of, of the secondary coach. But uh, it does seem like uh, Miami does like him as a corner. Yeah, Mario Cristobal wants an identity built around physicality. And whether he's playing corner, whether he's playing safety, Mincy brings that to the secondary. What are the vibes just in terms of like who uh, who's the – and again, I'm sure it's a lot of big time schools and it's early yeah. in the process, but who are the main schools that are considered a factor here in Mincy's recruitment? Yeah, you know, I think the Florida schools, really Miami, Florida, Florida State are three big ones. I think he's really giving all of them a look. Maybe Florida uh, has maybe the, you know, has maybe done the best job to this point recruiting him or maybe he likes Florida best of the three right now. And he also he also threw out Texas A&M at me. He also threw out Alabama and I, he might have mentioned Tennessee too, but I know he mentioned the. Uh, Texas A&M and, and Alabama. So I think those are just some schools that are also, um, you know, doing a good job, just kind of staying, you know, consistent in that recruitment. Next guy I want to touch on, Gabby, is Daniel Calhoun. Yeah. Offensive <laughs> lineman. Looks like just on tape, at least. I mean, you saw him in person, but looks like just an SEC type of offensive yeah. lineman. Six foot seven, 355 pounds out of Walton High School in Marietta, Georgia number 73 overall player in the country. You turn on his tape, just a run blocking stud moves people. Um, What impression did Miami make on him over the weekend? Yeah. Just massive, massive human being, like just so, so large. I I just, he looks like someone that again, like an sec tackle that gets drafted in the first round and like, you know, three and out type of dude. Like he just looks like, like that kind of, of guy. 
Yeah, you know, look, Miami's fighting for that fifth official visit. He has four set up to four, uh, you know, SEC schools. If you want to consider Texas an SEC school at this point, which I feel like maybe we should. Uh, yeah. Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas have each locked in four of those five official visits in June. Uh, it's Miami, it's Ohio State, it's Auburn, and it's Florida who are battling for that fifth spot. He wasn't committal. Uh, you know, he he didn't say like, yeah, Miami's definitely getting that fifth one. He kind of met, you kind of just kind of kept harping on, you know, it's going to be a really tough decision for me to figure out how who's going to get that fifth visit. But I think that big first step was getting him on to on campus around the program. And again, I think that's something that, I mean, obviously a success they were able to do that. And now I think it's just about holding off, you know, how, like, let's see how the kind of like the chips fall there. But, uh, you know, I do think Miami, uh, you know, again, isn't as good of a spot as any of those other guys to, to get that fifth visit. And as we know, David, once, you get that official visit. It's, it's, you know, kind of game on for these guys. And yeah. I can see them being, I could see this being one of those guys where they feel like they just have to have to get him just because yeah. he is that dude that goes to one of these schools and just has an incredible career. Typically. His size athleticism profile is like exactly what Mario Cristobal yep. wants on the line of scrimmage. So I agree. We'll see if they can get that fifth official visit and then take it from there. Let's stay on the offensive line for the next recruit to discuss and that is liam andrews who comes out of the dexter school in brookline massachusetts he goes six foot five 260 pounds number 85 overall player in the country gabby watch his tape impressive athlete yeah. um, especially for an offensive tackle i feel like you watch his tape you know i think his ceiling he's a much higher caliber recruit on the offensive line but I still think he could be a power five defensive line recruit if he wanted to. Right. Um, I'm curious what kind of impression Miami made on him recently. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I mean, he is a, he is a two, he kind of like, he kind of sells himself as a, as a two way, as okay. a two way, you know, lineman, like he can play defensive tackle. I think maybe in, in certain, in some situations, right. Maybe at some point in time, he probably wanted to play defensive tackle. Miami's recruiting him really as an interior lineman, like as a guard, and uh, I think they've just they've just done a really good job, uh, you know, recruiting him. I mean, they got him on campus, you know, kind of as a young, you know, in the fall, you know, I guess during his his uh, his junior year, um, you know, they got him back on campus now. And again, I think this is someone that they feel like they kind of have to have also on that interior line. And uh, I saw him back in I think it was October when he when he first visited uh, his upper half is definitely filled out. Um, so, you know, again, I think he's kind of still going through the process, but I think Miami's done a, a, a really good job there. I think to, to make that visit, you kind of have to be super intentional about it coming from Massachusetts and all right. that. I think he, I think he went up to go see Florida too. So maybe he did like a little Florida swing while he was down here. Uh, but I do feel like Miami's, you know, very involved there. He came down with his dad who doesn't seem to be super involved or like, you know, I was talking to him. He's just like, yeah, like. You know, I don't really follow any of the websites or anything like that. So I think that they're just probably taking these visits step by step and just kind of evaluating it um, yeah. just, you know, in, in that way, which is which That's is interesting. Approach. Yeah. So uh, um, I think that, you know, again, Miami really likes him. So hopefully they just continue to just kind of, uh, you know, again, take those steps towards getting him on campus for an official visit. Do you know if if he has any relationship? with Samson Okabola. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know they used they work out together or at least they did okay. when Samson was up there in Massachusetts. I know Brian Doan who's uh who covers the Northeast for 20 for us here at 24/7. He's written about how Liam Andrews and Samson uh Okamola have ha, you know have worked out together and stuff like that. So I think that's a connection that that kind of matters. Good. Good. Uh tight end. So I think 
in our uh, instant reaction podcast following Thursday, you mentioned him a little bit, but he's an athletic tight end, Carrollton High School in Carrollton, Georgia, six feet five, 205 pounds, number 68 overall player in the country. Gabby, when I watch his tape, he reminds me a lot at the same stage of David Njoku, big time athlete, bouncy athlete, the rare yards after catch threat at the tight end position. A lot of upside there um, still has to fill out similar to how Najoku had to fill out when he came uh, to the college level, but his athleticism is intriguing. I think if you pair him with a blocker every, you know, have an athletic tight end and yep. a blocking tight end, that's the ideal situation. Um, but anyways, Gabby, what's uh, it sounded like, I think you said this in the podcast that Miami made a significant move for him during his visit. Yeah, I, I I do think Miami made a, a big move there. And David, you I think you nailed it with like the blocking tight end and kind of like that flex tight end. And I, I've mentioned it on the board before. Maybe I've said it on the podcast too, that Miami intends on taking two tight ends. And I think really the approach is kind of always going to be that inline guy, like, you know, more of a blocker and then kind of like that flex athletic tight end. And look, there's been a lot of tight ends on campus this spring. A lot of guys that have come through. But I feel like Caleb Odom is is, is kind of the dude that's kind of emerged at the top of that, like, you know, flex tight end, uh, you know, category. That guy that can go out there and, and be an athletic freak and catch passes, uh, can block a little bit as well. But I feel like that I feel like he's kind of like the guy that's emerged as like that. The Riley Williams to the Jackson Carver, like he like Caleb right. Odom is maybe more in that Riley Williams mold. Um, and they're still kind of figuring out, you know, that blocking option. But look, Miami did make a really big move. You know, Odom said that Miami's probably probably going to get one of those five official visits. Obviously, still some time left in this process, and I don't believe he set anything up yet. But I think that he's someone that Miami is just going to continue to recruit at a high level because I think you know after spending time around him, all the character uh, stuff that you know that that's a big part of what they want to evaluate when they're with them in person. I think checked out. So Caleb Odom is someone I think that really just shot up the board. He's the number five tight end in the country for us here at 247. So definitely a, a, a pretty notable name there. Who else is a factor there? I assume being from Georgia, a lot of the SEC is going to make him a significant target. Yeah. I mean, he mentioned schools like, I mean, he mentioned schools like Georgia tech, which is like down the road from him. I mean, he mentioned Ole Miss. Like he has a, he has an official visit set up to Colorado. So, I mean, I guess Colorado's, uh, you know, school we have to kind of factor in. I mean, he said, uh, he said, Tennessee, was another one doing a, a really good job recruiting him. He mentioned Michigan as well. So, you know, again, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. He didn't say, you know, I, I think he's been to Alabama. He didn't necessarily rip off Alabama, but he has a top 12 of schools and all those schools are kind of in that. But I do feel like Miami is in the better half of, you know, the, you know, if you, I think they're in the top six of that top 12, which I think is important at this stage of the process. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. 
gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. And then, Gabby, we had some recent visitors to, to Miami that have also set official visits to come back here later on in the process. So let's start at uh, linebacker, a position of need in terms of just continuing to build the depth. And a guy out of Salem, Virginia, Chris Cole, six foot three, 210 pounds, three-star prospect right now, but he does have some big-time offers, it looks like. Well, first off, just what was your impression of him just body type wise? Um, and uh, what is the situation there you think with, with his recruitment? Yeah. I mean, I thought he looked fantastic. I mean, I, I thought he, like again, like linebacker, the long, the tall, long, all that stuff. Again, I think he, he kind of checks out. And I think maybe once there's more exposure to him, like in-person exposures to him, you know, just nationally, I think that he's a guy that could down the line eventually kind of shoot up because look, I mean, Georgia's coming after him, Notre Dame, uh, Oregon, Penn state, USC, like these schools that traditionally recruit linebackers at a very high level are all kind of coming after him. I mean, uh, right now it's just Georgia and Miami that have a official visit set. Georgia is set for June 16th, Miami for June 22nd. He set that right out, right out of the visit um, to Miami. He's uh, Rohan Marley's nephew. So while Rohan Marley was maybe a smaller guy, he is, kind of the antithesis of Rohan Marley. I mean, this guy is, is everything you want it to look like. So uh, someone I think they're really, really excited about. And uh, again, uh, getting that official visit, having that lined up for the summer months is a, is a pretty big deal. Ricky Knight, a corner we've talked about plenty here on this podcast. He goes out of the Benjamin School in Palm Beach, a six-foot corner, three-star right now in, in the evaluation process from 24-7 Sports. Seems like it's been a Miami Florida State battle uh, early on in this recruitment. Does he have any other official visits set beyond Miami right now? Yeah, well, he has Florida State set uh, for June 16th, so the week the week yeah. before he goes to Miami, he'll be at Miami June 23rd, which is shaping up to be a pretty a pretty nice weekend. Yeah, it seems like that's like the 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 weekend they're making the big uh, official visit weekend. He's got so he's got Florida State the 16th. It also shows here on his profile he's got. Uh, Penn State on June 2nd. He didn't tell me about the Penn State one, but it does. I mean, I just the sense that I'm kind of getting here is that this is just going to be kind of a textbook Miami, Florida State recruiting battle. So it should, I mean, those are always a lot of fun to track. So I think this is going to be an interesting one in the summer to see how it kind of shakes out with Florida State, obviously a lot having a lot of success in 2022 and some momentum going into 2023 if uh, Miami uh, you know, is going to be able to continue to, you know, just, I mean, recruit guys over Florida State, who Florida State wants as well. And, you know, just kind of, he, he keeps popping into Miami. He keeps popping into Tallahassee. So uh, again, my my impression is that the Seminoles and the Hurricanes are just going to duke it out there. Offensive lineman Derek Plaz out of yeah. Jacksonville, Florida. He goes to Andrew Jackson High School there. Six foot five, 265 pound offensive lineman right now. Three-star prospect. He said his official visit to Miami for win. Yeah, so he has an official visit to Miami for June 16th. Uh, the only other school he has an official visit to is, is NC State. And, I mean, 
I, I'm obviously not like an offensive line like guru or anything like that, but just kind of eyeing this guy up in person. I mean, I can definitely see him being the type of yeah. I, I think we we've talked about even before David, like going back to last cycle. I think they like to kind of bet on a couple like developmental tackle sure. bodies that they feel like they can really just kind of get them and mold them the right way. And I feel like Derek Plaz, I, I don't know. To me, he checks off a lot of those boxes. I mean, I feel like he it looks like he has a really athletic frame. He's all of that six foot five, 265 uh, pounds that he moves well, um, just kind of, again, asking around, it seems like, you know, again, getting some of these in-person evaluations, Derek Plaz is someone that they looked at and been like, okay, he's maybe a little bit better even than, than we thought. And they had liked him previously as well. So uh, Derek Plaz is someone that I kind of have my eye on because, uh, you know, again, Florida state's done a good job recruiting him, NC state, yeah. some of those Carolina schools. I think he did a swing there where he went to, he was talking about going to wake forest, uh, Duke and then uh, NC State for an unofficial visit. Um, so again, if uh, I, I could see this turning into a guy that you know Miami ends up kind of pursuing, like really going pursuing. Back, going back to linebacker Keyshawn Flowers yep. said his official visit to Miami goes six foot two, two hundred fifteen pounds. Archbishop Spalding High School in Severn. Maryland what do we need to know about Mr. Flowers yeah another good looking linebacker again kind of the way we talk about just kind of like flipping the way that the room just looks and I think Keyshawn Flowers goes a long way towards you know again making it look a certain way uh he has that scheduled for June 10th I think at this point uh based you know just looking at his profile uh it seems like that's the only official visit that he has uh set up but I mean look this is a guy that Alabama has offered that you know again Penn State Notre Dame uh, schools like that, all the heavy hitters that you want kind of being involved with someone USC have all offered and Miami got him on campus for an unofficial visit. And again, he left with that official visit to Miami set up. So I think that he's definitely a name uh, out of the DMV. And that's an area that Miami wants to recruit, uh, you know, yeah. really, really wants to recruit the, you know, that the Washington DC, Baltimore, you know, the Virginia area, all that. Uh, so I, I think Keyshawn Flowers is definitely a name that Miami fans are going to want to keep in mind. Yeah, Mario Cristobal, big fan of that DMV area. So be good to have some inroads there. Yeah, and David, before we, before we move on, David, yeah. I just want to say, because uh, I didn't put this on the – because this came up after, um, you know, we kind of wrote up all this stuff. But Mike Williams, uh, same deal. I mean, same general area. I think he's from the Baltimore area. Uh, he right. set up an official visit to Miami for that same final weekend. It's 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 uh, June 23rd to the 25th. So that's another offensive tackle. I mean, he's a – He's, right. he's, he's a big body. I mean, listed at you know, six foot seven, 315 pounds. He's taken two unofficial visits to Miami uh, this spring. I believe he took one in January and then came back again, um, I believe sometime in March. So again, this is someone that I think has, you know, paid his own way to get down here, has that official visit set up. And uh, again, someone that they seem to really, really like. All right. Good stuff as always from Gabby on the recruiting front. Let's take a break here. And then on the other side, we will, Start discussing the spring game, big picture thoughts on the spring as a whole, and then also what we want to see out of the spring game. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. Gabby, again, spring game is Friday night, 7.30 start, Drive Pink Stadium, ACC Network Extra, if you want to watch it on television. Uh, but Gabby, I just, you know, we're going to just a basic conversation here. Um, and, and really it's just three main talking points I want to get to. That's one thing you and I have each learned this spring. One player we are excited about in 2023 here after this spring. And then one thing we both want to see in the spring game. So I'll give you the floor first. One thing you've learned this spring. Yeah. Oh, sorry, David. Um, one thing I've learned this spring, um, I think really it's going to the defensive side of the ball. And I think what I've just, one thing I've kind of come away with this spring is that I think I'm just more excited about what this defensive coaching staff is going to just be able to get out of this group of guys. I think, you know, I don't know that the personnel is necessarily better, but I think just kind of being out there watching this. And I know you've talked about this too, David is just like, you know, I, I really am. I'm buying stock in Lance Gidry, the way that he coaches. I mean, I feel like we get an, op- an up close look at like how he kind of goes about his business, at least for the what first half hour, 20 minutes, half hour of practice. And he seems like a, you know, a high energy guy that seems to be just doing a good job coaching. I think that stuff matters. And I think that that's kind of resonating with the team, with people just around the program. So uh, just Lance Gidry in general, Derek Nicholson, again, I think, I know I've said this in the past, but people really believe that this is a guy that, you know, three, five years down the line is going to end up being a defensive coordinator. And then Jason Taylor, and again, kind of taking your words, David, it feels like his career is going to go as far as, as he wants it to go. So, uh, you know, again, I really just like the group of guys that's leading the, 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 the defensive room on top of what Miami already has with Jamal Dye, uh, you know, Joe Salavea, those types of dudes. So I just think that, you know, with the transfer portal season coming up, all the potential positions where they can upgrade if they were to go out there, get a defensive tackle, go out, maybe get another corner or safety, whatever the case is. You know, I, I just feel like this spring I'm feeling like uh, the defense is going to take some of those steps that they need to take in 2023 to help this this program really just kind of, again, just continue to maybe get out of that rut that they kind of dug themselves into in 2022 and really start to progress as a as an organization, as a program, all that. Yeah, it feels like it's just a fresh approach 
yeah. this year compared to last year. And last year's staff was was a good staff in their own right. This year's staff uh, approaches things differently. I think one thing that I've heard about Lance Gidry is I think he's just willing to be a little more unorthodox or a little more creative maybe with whether that's uh, playing cat and mouse games with showing pressures that don't actually come or sending those pressures. And look, I think, I think where Miami's personnel is at right now, you got to kind of manufacture some things with those type of looks. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what he had to do at Marshall, right? That's part of the nature of being a group of five coordinator. You got to be a little more creative sometimes to make up for uh, personnel deficiencies. And I'm with you. Like, I don't know if the personnel is any or that much better, if at all, year over year here on defense. I mean, I think for the most part, it probably is a little better. Um, but I think the the biggest reason the defense can be improved is because of the coaching staff changes you kind of laid out. I think Gidry is a better fit for what they have now. I think Derek Nicholson is going to do a better job of connecting with the players. And I think Jason Taylor is just a total stud. He's, uh, I mean, Miami, frankly, is just lucky to have him as their defensive line coach. I think he's going to do a tremendous job and get the most out of those guys. So I'm with you. Um, I still think things need to be leveled up in the portal. Like you said, let's, let's go here. So if you had to pick one position, you only get one portal spot on defense. Of course, this is not the way it's going to be, but you get one portal spot to improve Miami on the defensive side of the ball. And it'll be a pretty good player. Yeah. What position are you using it at? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's as clear cut for me as maybe it once was, but like I still, I probably would still go defensive tackle um, yeah. just because I, I mean, obviously they went and got Thomas Gore, Branson Dean there, but I don't know how healthy Branson Dean is these days. Um, so I do, I think that they like more, more than they needed a, ta- a defensive tackle before. I think they need one even more so now. Um, just to kind of just as you know, kind of figuring out what exactly that situation looks like long term. Uh, so I mean, I'm going defensive tackle. I still feel like you need that big, big body in the middle of that defense. Um, so that's probably where I would go if I only had one spot. Number two would be corner, I assume. Yeah, I think corner. I really feel like they need a corner. So that's yeah. that's 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 why. I I probably agree with you. But you could probably convince me about corner being a big yeah. lead. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's very close. But... Going into spring, I would have said D tackle for sure. But I think just kind of being around and watching how this is kind of unfolding, I, I that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's way more of a, a tug and pull, I think, uh, you know, with, with cornerback in there too. The thing with D tackle is, you know, Leonard Taylor is a good player. Uh, does he need to improve his consistency? Yes. If he does, he could be very, very good. Uh, Jared Harrison Hunt, I think, can be a good player too. Yeah, he had a kind of an inconsistent year. I think he dealt with injuries last year. That's part of the reason why. Uh, but I think he has some promise as well. So those are two guys that aren't participating in the spring that I do think have some ability. Yeah, it is a position that needs to be upgraded, though. With that being said, particularly at that one skill set of you know right run stopping. 
at corner, we are seeing what they got, right? Outside of freshmen that are incoming. So, you know, I do think, again, at D-tackle, at least there's Leonard Taylor, who's sidelined right now, has a lot of ability, needs to keep developing, but there is Leonard Taylor there at least. At corner, there's not a Leonard Taylor type. That's yeah, fair that's to say. Fair. That's definitely fair to say. All right, for me, uh, the one thing I've learned this spring, I'm going to go with Miami's hit rate on these early enrollee freshmen, I feel like is is pretty high. And it's early. We'll see how it plays out for their careers. But the reason why I, I wanted to highlight this is, is for me, this Mario Cristobal era is going to be built through recruiting success. You have to hit on your high school recruits. Miami signed the number seven overall class in the country here in this 2023 cycle. They had 15 early enrollees from that class available in the spring. Most of them were healthy enough to participate in the spring. Um, and I think, Gabby, the hit rate is pretty good. I, the elite, how many of these guys are elite is to be determined. But I do think we can look at this group and say, there's really not, to me at least, like, I don't know if there's any like straight up whiffs now. And I'm not saying he falls in this category. I'm just saying the only guy that really isn't or hasn't been available this spring for the majority of the spring is Malik Bryant. We haven't really seen much of him. Um, and honestly, the we don't get to see much of the special teams duties. So Dylan Joyce, I don't know. We don't really see much about him either. Um, but I think everyone else, Gabby, I feel good about, like, I don't know if you'd push back on this, but I feel guys like Francis Maui Goa, Samson Okanlola, Ruben Bain, Nathaniel Joseph. And honestly, like I'm hearing good things about Riley Williams. Yeah. Oh, so I would put him in this category of very good college players have the chance to be elite players. Um, I would put the next group like tools to be very good, need some development. I would put Jaden Wayne in there, Collins, Achiampong, yeah. Robbie and Bobby Washington. I think Emery Williams, Jackson Carver, Antonio Tripp. Um, uh, I'm sure I'm missing people. I'm not, I'm not leaving people off on purpose or anything, but I think my main point is I think they've hit on a lot of the guys that they needed to hit on particularly their highly rated recruits, Francis, Sampson, Ruben, Riley, Nathaniel Joseph. Uh, and again, this Mario Cristobal thing is going to be built on recruiting success, stacking talent. And so I think this first full class, this first wave is a, is a success. Yeah, no, I mean, you got Francis Malagoa pretty much, I mean, I don't know, obviously not locked in, locked in, but I mean, he's basically your right tackle. I mean, Samson Lola's. I mean, he, since he's been turning heads since he got here. You know, I could definitely echo the Riley Williams, uh, you know, sent, I mean, they they think Riley Williams has a very, very bright future uh, ahead of him. He's been kind of nursing, uh, I believe, what is, what is a, hamstr- a hamstring injury. So I think he's still just kind of coming along. But I think when, you know, he has flashed during those times, again, kind of like that flex tight end that, you know, can go out and catch passes for you and also be physical enough to give you a little bit of the running game, that's going to come over time. Uh, but yeah, super excited. And then, you know, Nathaniel Joseph, uh, you know, even on, I think it was last Thursday that they were practicing. I mean, I heard, you know, I heard that he had like 
you know, three or four touchdowns, like one long one and then a couple during like red zone drills. Like seems like Nathaniel Joseph is just doing really great work out of the slot. And we know what he can be with the ball in his hands and what, you know, what, how electric he is. We know we, we, we saw that in high school and just knowing that as a, as a top rated recruit. And then Ruben Bain is someone that I think that one day that we watched the offensive line, defensive line, he was, I mean, to me, he looked, you know, as crisp as, as really like anyone. Yeah. He doesn't look like a true freshman out there. And then Colin, I mean, then you go into that second tier, Colin DeChimpong is just a massive, massive, massive human being. He will be good. Yeah, he's he going to be, be good. good. And it's just, yeah. you know, he, he walks out the front doors of the facility and, you know, you're not looking at, at that kid like like someone that has like prom coming up soon. Like he does not look like he's 18 years old, supposed to still be in high school. Like, absolutely not. So, yeah, you know, again, I think the way that it looked that it's looking uh, so far. And again, I think this is the found, like what you said, the foundation of Mario Christmas program. Is, is these types of players. I think this is what Miami's lacked for some time. So getting these young impact players that you can develop and that you know will one day have great careers or, you know, once they come into their own can be impact players, I think is a big deal, David. And I would definitely agree that these freshmen absolutely looked apart so far. And, and to be clear, like one class does not turn Miami into a championship definitely. program. This is the starting point. You have to stack three to four more classes that look like this to be able to compete at that highest of levels. So this is a good start. Miami has to win enough again in 2023 to stack a similar class. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, at the end of the day, it is not a complicated formula, but it is difficult to execute. Um, and I'll say this too. I think the second wave uh, from this 2023 class also has some guys that are very intriguing. Mark Fletcher, I think, could be an impact. Definitely. Uh, true freshman. Definitely. Dem Damari Brown, I think, will have a chance to play a lot as a true freshman. Chris Johnson, with the speed he has, throw him on kick returns. I think Frankie Tinelau could crack the two deep. Uh, and I think Josh Horton is a nice addition yeah. at defensive tackle. He is a big body defensive yeah. tackle. It's just hard to play that position as a, as yeah. a true freshman. Yeah. So I saw, and I, I saw Josh Horton. I had never seen him in person before. I saw him in person, not this past Saturday, the Saturday before that. And man, I mean, again, that, that's, yeah. that's definitely the way you want it to look like on the interior defensive line. How about one player you're excited about in 2023 after learning still three more sessions in the spring, but yeah. for the most part, we've, we've learned a lot about these guys. Uh, after learning what we've learned in the spring, who are you excited to see come fall? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with a transfer. Um, I mean, uh, ironically enough, um, I mean, I'm going to go with Francisco Malagoa, the linebacker, uh, the older brother of true freshman tackle, Francis Malagoa. I mean, I, I just think that he's just, he, it seems like he's just been a difference maker. And again, we're, we're not, we're not watching the bullets fly out there, David, but again, just all the feedback I'm getting is that, you know, this guy's been able to cr create multiple takeaways. I mean, he's kind of, you know, in the right place, at the right time, he's willing to come down and, and hit he's athletic. He can run uh, again. He's, a, he, he's willing to strike and, you know, do all the things that, that Miami needs their linebackers to do. And uh, it seems like to me that he's probably, you know, or he's one of the guys on defense that's maybe made the most impact on the offense, the first team offense, uh, you know, this spring. So, you know, I, I'm rolling with Francisco Mauigoa. I think linebacker is a position that's been, you know, maybe not up to par for the past two seasons. And I think he's someone that could help that that's, that's definitely going to elevate that room and help to start changing that narrative, you know, in the, for the, you know, just for the future, as we continue to 
watch this program take its next steps forward. I think Francisco Malgo is a, a really is is going to end up being a big piece in this operation if if uh, you know everything kind of checks out. You know, of course, through the fall, they definitely hit on him. You know, in, in terms of college level linebacker play, I don't know if he has a weakness at the middle linebacker spot. Uh, you know, that's not speaking to him being like a stud NFL player. I don't know about that. In terms of being able to play at the college level, I think he's a big time player. Like you said, has the athleticism. The biggest thing I think is he has the instincts. Um, he just knows where to be and he can get there. Um, so yeah, I think I'm with you. I, he's a guy I'm excited to see. I am curious if they play him in the spring game. Yeah. I think he's so valuable that I would not. I'd put him on ice just because I wouldn't risk it. Uh, but if he does play, he's definitely a guy I think that will catch the eye of the fan base that watches the spring game. For me, I'm going to also highlight a transfer, which again, I think is a good sign because yeah, that means Miami hit on guys that are clear, definite upgrades. Mine's going to be offensive lineman Matt Lee. I think, uh, you know, in general, if you look at this offensive line, this first team offensive line, which going from left to right has been Jalen Rivers, Javian Cohen, Matt Lee, Inez Cooper, and Francis Maui Goa. That line alone, just based on talent, can be a good to very good offensive line. I think Matt Lee, who is the center from UCF, he transferred in from UCF, he's the type of leader, he's the type of guy that holds people accountable on that line of scrimmage that can take a good offensive line to very good, a very good offensive line to elite. Uh, because when an offensive line gels and plays on the same page, uh, it's a unit that can be better than the talent it has to work with. And the talent, honestly, isn't an issue with this first-team offensive line. So obviously, when you look back to last year, the protection issues were a thing all season. You know, against Duke, it's why Tyler Van Dyke sustained an injury and things kind of started to tailspin there in the second half of the season. Um, and so, yeah, I think everyone inside the program raves about Matt Lee. I think it's obvious after the media got to speak with him that, that he's just different. Um, that's what you want your veteran offensive lineman, pretty much all your players to have his mentality, his approach, He's just a pro, I guess is the the simplest way to put it. And I am excited about his leadership and what he's going to bring on the line of scrimmage in 2023. Yeah, Matt Lee's the man. Uh, you know, he's he's awesome. I think he was exactly what they needed to top off this offensive line class with. Um, again, I think he's going to end up wearing a C on his chest. You know, like I think he's going to be someone that Mario Cristobal leans on to be a leader of this team. You know, like, I think he's, I think he's that type of guy. I don't think he's a, you know, one year, you know, just kind of here to do my thing. Like, I think he's someone that's going to end up being, uh, you know, one of the vocal leaders of the program. I think he's someone again, that uh, is it, it, he, I think he's going to kind of be the heartbeat of that offensive line. Uh, you know, just even, even the fact that, you know, again, he is a transfer. He hasn't played here very long. I mean, he got here in January, but again, I think he already has that respect, like amongst his he peers. Does. I think he, he already, or has already earned that respect amongst the coaching staff. 
And I think that, you know, he's someone that, again, like we said, just elevates the offensive line. Like, even, like the talent alone is fine, but then everything else that he brings along with what he can just do on the field, I think, again, is, is just, I, 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 you can't say enough about it. I think all that stuff really, really matters, again, especially when, when it comes to the cohesion of the offensive line. And I, I think people around the program are just absolutely psyched uh, to have him on their team. So uh, re- I, I'm, I think Matt Lee is, uh, you know, a, an obvious great choice for, for that. And we're, we're hyping up his uh, leadership traits and all that, but people inside the building also believe he has an, a legitimate NFL, yeah, NFL potential. Yeah. So he is a talented player. He's not just a try hard guy that uh, is a good college player. They feel like he has NFL center ability, which is rare. Not many centers get drafted uh, in the NFL draft. So people inside the building feel like he could be one of those guys. Um, I think he represents a massive upgrade for the offensive line. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text STAR directly at 561-573-4661. And here's the beauty. When you refer someone to STAR, he will donate $250 to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. How about one thing you want to see here, Gabby, in the spring game that's coming up on Friday? Yeah, I, I've talked a lot about defense, so I'll go offense. And I think it's probably something that I think a lot of people want to see. Like, I think I, we, we want to see in this Shannon Daw- Dawson offense, one of these outside wide receivers, you know, kind of go out there and and make a play. You know, whether that be Colby Young, who's drawing like national attention as players emerging on the scene. Like, I don't know if you saw, Is he? but like, yeah, I mean, he so one of the national guys wrote a, a story about like, you know, I think it was like nine guys who are emerging as, uh, you know, players, you know, across the country. So like really like, you know, obviously every program and Colby Young was, a uh, was one of the names that was mentioned in that article. So uh, again, I think, you know, in spring in terms of the national radar has, is starting to generate some momentum behind his name. I think watch, you know, seeing Colby Young make a play downfield, or if it's Jacoby George going up and winning a ball, over a cornerback. I, I think I think something to, you know, show that these outside receivers are taking that next step in this offense, you know, something vertical, something like that. Again, we don't really know what we're going to see from this offense, but I think watching one of those guys just go up and make a play to kind of maybe ease some concerns or just show that these guys have developed into guys that, yeah, maybe you still need to go out and get a transfer wide receiver to whatever the case is. You go get what you can get. But what they're, what's on the roster now, and I, I think we've been encouraged about Colby Young, the way he's leaned out, yeah. uh, you know, the way he's been performing. And now that he's actually been through, you know, truly a college strength program, you know, again, he was a really, really late arrival in 2022 and still had those flashes with those back-to-back hundred yard games. Um, so I think watching either Jacoby, you know, Kobe, Colby Young, maybe it's even an Isaiah Horton uh, yeah. that goes and makes a play. Like, I think something like that would be encouraging. And also just kind of along those lines, I'm very curious about what the, what the tempo of, of the offense looks like. And if this is, Again, we don't necessarily know, but I'm curious how quick they're going to kind of go under Shannon Dawson and if it's going to be, 
something maybe we haven't seen from Mario Cristobal in the past, or if it's still going to be kind of like, you know, a more just control, like that, that type of offense, but maybe just dialed down a little bit in terms of that tempo. So those are a couple of things offensively that, uh, you know, I'm going to be looking out for. I think all that's fair. I think, um, you know, Colby Young, I think should have a productive season. I think if he's, if he is any type of decent, there's no reason in this offense why he can't be a guy that, assuming he's healthy the whole year, can't be a guy that has at least 800 yards receiving. I'll yeah. throw that out there. Um, and yeah, this is the starting point. I think he's he's been making some some nice plays in practice, from what I understand. But doing it in front of fans when people are watching is another deal. And uh, we'll see if if he can get it done. He of course flashed in a couple games last year, so. We know that promise is there and uh, this offensive approach should benefit a guy like him because Shannon Dawson is not afraid to dial it up, uh, throw it deep for me, Gabby, I'm, I'm going to stay on offense too, in terms of what I want to see in the spring game. I want to see just in general, like what the run game looks like for this offense. Uh, you know, we, we know Shannon Dawson comes from that air raid coaching tree. He, pushes back from like being put in that air raid box, I guess, probably because he's now coaching for Mario Cristobal. Um, but he is a guy that does value the run game. And, um, you know, I think with that and, and understanding he coaches for Mario Cristobal, he has a talented offensive line. I'm curious in general, just what this, what the run game systems look like. Um, and, and frankly, too, I'm tired of watching one dimensional offenses at Miami. I think, you know, these last two years, it's just been the most effective thing Miami's been able to do is just pass the ball a ton of times. Um, and, and that, again, makes you one dimensional, which doesn't lead to many wins. Um, you know, I, I kind of do think this offense, particularly in the passing game, there's similar principles to the Rhett Lashley offense that we saw. Um, but I do hope, and I do expect from what I hear the run game to have a little more creativity in terms of, uh, outside zone looks, pin and pull looks. The Rhett Lashley offense was kind of more just like, we're going to line up and try and mash you. And Miami didn't really have the personnel to do that yeah. on the line of scrimmage. I think they have the more of the personnel to do that now. Um, but I would still like to see more creativity on the line of scrimmage with the run game in this offense. And I think if they do, I think, you know, look, I think the air raid can provide tremendous opportunities for a running game because there's going to be a ton of space to exploit. Um, you know, and, and you look at the, the recent rushing production for Miami Gabby and it's gross. Uh, not, Travis, not Travis Homer was decent in 2017, 2018. He was, uh, didn't quite crack a thousand, but he was over 950 yards in each of those years. The last real strong rushing season for Miami was in 2016 when Mark Walton ran for over 1100 yards and 14 touchdowns. And Joseph Yearby, as the backup, ran for 608 yards and seven touchdowns. Those, like Yearby's backup numbers that year, 
Yeah. It's basically what Miami's been doing here with their yeah. lead backs. The lead back. Those are lead back numbers these days. Yeah. So gotta, you know, I understand like the passing game is more fun to talk about and watch and all that, but yeah, I do think the run game has to come alive somehow. And uh I think they got the personnel up front to get it done in the run game. You know, the backs, I think. We'll see. I think it. I think they'll have an upgrade when Mark Fletcher arrives here as a freshman this summer. Uh, but I am just curious, and I don't think we're going to see everything because spring games, of course, are, are generally vanilla. But just what's the approach with the run game in the Shannon Dawson offense, and, and what opportunities does the running back have in this offense to exploit space? Yeah, I think that's all very fair. And again, I think you just look at, you know, you you just consider what the identity of these guys are and how offensive line centric it is. And, you know, these guys are, these guys want to run the ball. Like Mario Cristobal, these guys definitely want to want to run it. And they want to, I mean, again, I think that's a big reason why they kind of got all these offensive linemen, these big offensive linemen, this, you know, is to be able to, you know, go out and do some of the things that they struggle to do, especially like, I mean, goal line stuff last year. I mean, these guys are getting like, these guys are getting stood up by what it was like Duke like on the goal line, like stuff that's just like, in, like unexcusable. And um, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I'm curious also, you know, just what it's going to, what it's going to look like and, yeah. you know, how I mean, these short backs, yardage the last three years have been gross. It's really, I mean, really bad. Yeah. They had to burn Jakari Brown's red shirt last year, essentially. Yes. Tyler got hurt, but really they were burned in it because they couldn't run the ball in short yardage. He was kind of their short yardage back before Tyler got hurt right so um, anyways you got to be multi-dimensional in football of course to have success and so I'm curious and honestly Gabby if Mario Cristobal is willing to let Dawson do what he does in terms of installing the passing game approach that can work and you know Mario Cristobal and Alex Miramal can kind of design up some fun little runs out of these air raid type of looks. That's a really nice combination to think about. So uh, I think the potential is there schematically to do some fun things. So I'm curious to watch it all. Yeah. Uh, all right. We will get out of here on that. Appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, we'll probably have some instant reaction podcasts this week. Uh, following practices. And we will also do probably a quick little recruiting preview for the spring game, just discussing some of the key visitors that will be in attendance for the spring game. It's also a big, important recruiting event. Uh, you look at last year's spring game attendees, a lot of important commits were, were there. So Definitely. it is kind of a check mark in terms of understanding where Miami is in good spots for. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening. And until next time, take care.